now the cleanest hour in podcasting with your host, Ralph Peterson. This is the Housekeepers Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Housekeepers Podcast. Dare I say the cleanest hour in podcasting. I am Ralph Peterson, and I'm so super excited to have Omar Miller as my guest today. Omar from New York City. You're just down the road from me. I'm very excited. Absolutely, Ralph. I am happy to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so so happy. I was just saying to you before we went on the air that you know it's always going to be a good time when both of us can't stop talking before we actually go live. <laughs> this, this is the only like carved out time I can talk shop during the day, you know, and uh, like I like I was telling you, I got I have to jump off certain groups and forums because I love talking about cleaning and, you know, it doesn't mix with family hour. You know, they don't want to yeah. have APIs and things like that. You know, I got to tell you, though, I'm super interested in you said you were on Clubhouse a lot and I don't know what it is. I know it's like there's there's the algorithm, like whoever you're connected with and whoever you follow is kind of like how you get room suggested to you. But yeah, I have it. some, I have some of the crappiest rooms suggested to me that I'm like, what is clubhouse? <laughs> it's always like, I mean, there's a, there's a clubhouse group that is for people who want to be silent. Let that sink in for a second. There that is, is a, <laughs> that is strange, man. Just stay quiet by yourself. Yeah, I I don't, I do not understand why that group is being suggested to me. But when I log on to Clubhouse, there it is, you know, this join this group and it's a, you know, this is a silent group. Please don't talk. What is the point of getting on there? When we jump off the show, I'll recommend some of the platforms that would work. Yeah, please do. I'd love to. I, I would love to be involved in some good discussions about the cleaning industry and yeah, clubhouse is great. You just got to be very careful with your time. So it's almost like time management. Cause you can end up in like literally clubhouse. You end up in seven different rooms. Like, Oh, I want to know about this now. And I want to know about this now. So it's like, all of a sudden know, it's Tuesday. You're like, what? <laughs> it's, it's Tuesday. You missed your walkthrough, you know, <laughs> super fun. All right. So let's get to it. Omar Miller's here. He is the owner of Advantage Clean. Yes, here, Advantage Clean LLC. Advantage Clean LLC here in New York City. And I just want to start at the beginning. Are you from New York City? Like, where did you grow up? I'm, you know, it's a funny story, Ralph. I was born and raised in New York City, like the heart of New York City. Like, um, you know, I was raised in Lower Manhattan. Oh, so you're like one of those skyscraper kids. Yes, yes. Downtown kid to the core. Yeah. How was that? It was beautiful, man. It was beautiful because I, I grew up with a very eclectic mix of people, you know, who all had different things going on in their lives. So communicating became a very big detail in, in my life. You know, it was it was learning how to communicate with every different culture and understanding different cultures. It was a great upbringing. You know, I uh, learned a lot. Yeah. New York City is America's melting pot. And, and people don't people who have never been to New York. You just don't know from everything from food, different foods, different languages, different customs, different clothing, different attitudes, different outlook. And it's all in the same space. It's all within one block, two blocks, three blocks. It's really a 
eye-opening experience to just be in the mix and to grow up there. I grew up in Vermont. I grew up in the most vanilla, Ben and Jerry's. So, you know, exactly. I grew up with Ben and Jerry's up there. Ben and Jerry's when I was a kid, Ben and Jerry's came out. I don't even know when they started. It was, it had to be late eighties, but they were like the place to work. Everybody wanted to get a job at Ben and Jerry's. And there's two reasons why everybody wanted the job at Ben and Jerry's. Number one, you got free ice cream. Now that's, that's a selling point and a half. And number two, they gave, they had a masseuse come in. I'm not making this up. I think they still do. They have a masseuse come in like once a month or whatever and give free massages. And I, it sounds like a dream, right? Your workplace gives you free massages. Sounds like a plan to implement right now. It sounds like something you should do right now. And then later in life, I worked at a nursing home that did the same thing. They hired a masseuse, not every month, but like once or twice a year. And this person would go around and they would massage you. And it was it, when I was a kid and I heard about Ben and Jerry's, I imagine people getting naked and, you know, and uh, jumping on a mattress or, you know, one of those beds. But that's not how it is. It's really at your workstation, like hand massages, back massages, put you in a chair massage. But it was, I mean, it's still pretty great. That an organization. I don't, know how, I don't know how good my production rates would be if we started doing that. <laughs> no, no, they're supposed yeah. to increase. I mean, your yeah. your blood gets flowing. You're you're feeling more, uh, you know, more energized. Uh, but yeah, Virginia, Vermont. I mean, Vermont is great. I went to school in uh, not too far. I went to school in Plattsburgh, New York. Oh, no kidding. So we were right across the lake from you, man. I went to Vermont a couple times. Beautiful in the summertime, like I really love it. Yeah, absolutely. So. When you were in Plattsburgh, what year did you go to school there? Uh, 2003. 2003. You know, what's funny is right around that same time, I was a writer for Sison Broadcasting. And they the radio station was 95 X. And we broadcast. We had a very large audience in Plattsburgh. You may have heard some of the stuff. We used to do bits like phone scams and stuff like that. I think, yeah, I think I used to listen to this. I mean, I, you guys were like the only only show up there. We were much. the only, yeah, the only uh, the only play in town. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was one of the writers for those phone scams. So we connected before we even knew it. Is that amazing or what? <laughs> <laughs> I love that there's somebody listening to this right now going, wait, writing phone scams is a job? Yeah. Job. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Do you like to bust on people? Maybe writing <laughs> phone scams is for you. All right. So you grew up in New York city and it was, it was great. It was, did you have any side jobs? Did you do a paper route? Like how did you make money as a kid? Did you? That's a good question. You know, I grew up um, very involved with sports, but at the same time, I always was intrigued by, you know, providing for myself at an early age. You know, I grew up in a single parent home and um, I always wanted to help out. So my first, my actual first job, which I got fired from because I was too young. They found out the first day I was, I think 12 and I was had gotten a job cleaning trays in the back of a Mexican restaurant. So all the trays were coming in and I was cleaning them. And the guy found out I was too young. He gave me 30 bucks and sent me home. You know, so that was my first job. How did you get that job? I walked in. I said, do you need me to do anything? I'll, I'll do anything. And he said, can you clean trays? And, and he put me right in the back. And I started that same day. I was cleaning trays until he found my age job. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. If they're, you know, I'm always, I'm always 
thinking as as I do these shows, I'm always thinking like, where's the lens lesson, the nugget, the the success? You just showed up at the age of twelve. Just showed up, man. Just come come on. I mean, if that's not worth a hundred bucks, <laughs> you know, show up. He, you know, he was very impressed. He was very I'm impressed. impressed. Holy and, hell! And then from that point, I sold uh, Christmas trees in the West Village. You know, which was great because it was, it was they were good tippers. So we would put the trees on our back and carry them home and set them up for people. Wow! Yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, we sold Christmas trees and we tied them to cars. <laughs> we never it's, went it's to a, their house. Yeah, it's it, a booming you know? business, man. Yeah. Between those between those months, you know. Oh, it's it's crazy the amount of trees. I love it. I, you, my favorite thing is to see the trucks full of trees. Going down the interstate, and you're like, oh no, here we go. Christmas time is here. Love it. My favorite. No, yeah, I was forced to buy a fake one, but you know. Me too. What has happened to us? Let's just take a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Getting older, man. Getting older. My wife is Jewish and I'm Christian. And when we got married, one of the stipulations, I said, hey, listen, I have Christmas trees. This, I'm a Christian. She's like, I, I, she's like, I've always wanted to have a Christmas tree. I said, oh my, really? Yeah, you gotta share both. I mean, share the culture, man. Now we do both. So we do the we do the Hanukkah, we do the menorah, we do everything. And then we get the Christmas tree and I buy her a stocking every year. She loves yeah. it. She I'm loves it. In that territory. My, my grandmother was Jewish. Nice. And, uh, and she had, you know, we would have Christmas and, and, the, and the Hanukkah thing going on. Love it. You know, I, I just like the fact that there were gifts coming from everywhere. You know, so. You know, a little disappointing. I did not know. So when, when you know we got together and she was Jewish and I was like, oh, I've heard about the eight crazy nights, the seven days of presents. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. She goes, you know, only kids get presents. What the? What? <laughs> Felt like I got robbed. I got robbed. No. So <laughs> I'm like, at Christmas, everybody gets present. All right. You may not like it. It may be yeah. the cheapest thing you've ever seen. Yeah, it, it may it be turns a, in, it turns into gloves and scarves. Of course, of course. I mean, I remember my mom got my brother a comb set. He doesn't have any hair, but that's that's <laughs> the spirit of giving. Oh, well, that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was making that up. That's a true story. <laughs> All right, so Christmas selling Christmas trees, selling Christmas trees, and um, you know, they're just just staying staying proactive always. You know, always. My mom taught me responsibility, right? What did your mom do? What did she do for work? My mom grew. She worked in she worked in an office clerical setting, you know, data entry things like that. Mm -hmm. But she was always very big on educating me to be independent, and and her biggest thing was being a leader. So I was taught very early on to lead, you know, to carve out space for myself, and that's exactly what I did, you know. And unfortunately, it also put me in a predicament where I was I was forced to understand that I was an entrepreneur before knowing it because walking into any type of job for me that had a ceiling, I automatically almost got claustrophobic. So I knew very early on that I couldn't work for anybody that I had to either run my own business or they were going to come in and start throwing a party for me and tell me I'm getting, I'm starting with this salary. <laughs> and that wasn't going to happen. So the uh, second alternative was starting my own business, you know, so when was the, so you go to college, where do you go to college for? What, what was your study? Well, I did um, admin, you know, administrative. Because mm -hmm. uh, I was going to go with marketing, but then I found out that I can cover everything in, in the admin sector. 
Cars. Mm-hmm. Just went over everything from finance to, to numbers and things like that. I actually left early, to be completely honest, because a friend of mine started a real estate company and I jumped into real estate fresh out of college because I figured, OK, once again, the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, led me to I can't sit in the seat anymore. There's money to be made, you know, <laughs> and that's what I was thinking. You know, so so I went back to the city and I jumped into real estate. I like I like the lore of real estate. Well, because the lore of real estate is probably when it comes to owning your own business, it seems like the easiest to understand, right? Because it's the premise of real estate, the business of real estate, and probably the calling that you heard, because I've heard it myself, is this. If you're willing to hustle, there's a lot of money to be made. And so all of a sudden you start thinking, wait a minute, it's all based on my if I'm willing. If I'm able to hustle, because nobody's going to out-hustle me. I know that if I'm in charge of my own money, the more I do, the more I make, there's nobody going to stop me. Is that fair to say that that's kind of how? 100%. Yeah. The balls in the court. I love it. And that is, and that again, it's so funny when I meet people who hear that story or hear the idea like, oh my gosh, you can make more if you do more. And they're like, oh, there's no chance I want any part of that. It was right? literally, like, literally for running your own business, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like the guide, the guiding lights of okay, this is the path and the clarity you're going to need if you're going to structure something for yourself. Yeah, I love you know, it. When I first jumped into real estate, my first two weeks were terrible. You know, people would maybe you should choose something different. Maybe you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was it was quite the experience. But I've always been the type of individual where, where that feedback drives me. You know, so the fuel, the fire started. To the point where that summer I became the top agent in the office. Nice. Yeah. So I made a, I cut out a clear path myself. I had a clear goal and that was to, you know, go straight for the jugular. And that's exactly what I did, man. I learned the market, which is what we do now. Product knowledge, right? I learned what my clients needed, you know, and what they didn't need because some of them were confused. So I was able to direct them, you know, hence what we do now, set up systems, right? So I had a I had a very systematic approach to real estate as well, you know, and it was successful, man. I, I jumped in. How the long did you do it for? I did it up until 08. So I think I started, no, I did it till up in 09 or, or 10. Yeah, 08 um, is when we started to have that old financial yes. crisis and the bottom yeah. fell right out of real estate, real estate especially, right? The housing bu- mm-hmm. bubble and all that. So so that, and that's, uh, that leads me to my next venture, which I was sitting in the office and tumbleweeds were going by. You know, it was like an old Western. So I'm sitting there, I'm just like, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to go home. Like, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do? So it was like my clients were losing money. I had some sales clients at that point and they were losing um, large amounts of money and I felt terrible, you know, but I couldn't do anything about it. So what I did, I, say, I said, look, I know sales. I know how to reach my client, right? People buy from people they like and they trust. And it turns out that, you know, according to my sales record, I'm one of those people. So I jumped into door-to-door sales, which was a whole nother beast. Door-to-door sales. Door the to amount door. of guts you have to have. Go ahead. So what were you selling? So we sold cable. I sold Verizon cable. Files. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. I sold, um, I, well, I, you're from New York, so you know mm-hmm. Spectrum was Time Warner. I sold Time mm-hmm. Warner. I sold Verizon Files. Really, really got good at selling the products to the point where my company started putting me in different failing markets. So for example, I might go spend, I started traveling. 
I might go spend live in Boston for a year until the market gets back on its feet, until we have a number of sales that we've reached. And this is all uh, factual. Like I lived in Boston for six months, I think a year, you know, and then um, I went to Chicago. I lived in Chicago for six months. I was selling Uverse. And let me tell you, my friend, it is when it's cold, your pitch becomes solid because you have 10 seconds to get in that door and you got to eat that week. So it's like, okay, I got 10 seconds to make you buy this cable, man. And it's freezing out there. At the very least, let me in. <laughs> you got 10 seconds to, to show that I'm trustworthy. I'm not here yes, for yes, nefarious reasons. Yeah, so you can see I'm a big guy. I'm walking around these neighborhoods and they're like, who is this guy walking around these neighborhoods? So <laughs> my, my pitch had to be very solid. And, and Boston was a tough crowd. It was a tough crowd, you know, and, and I ended up, you know, bringing that market back to life, me and a few other people, but we basically pumped life into it, man. And I what explained is your, what, what was your pitch? Do you remember? What's your, oh yeah, bro. you know, my first of I show up smiling. Sir, hi, do you have hey. cable? Do you want yeah. cable? I, I know what cable they have already. It's usually, oh. you know, they, they're using the copper line. So I explained the importance of fiber optics and how they can get faster communication faster service. And then as soon as I heard, you know, my cable's always acting up. That's the reason they sent me to your area, you know, and, and then I go into my whole spiel. I like that. I like that. That's the reason they sent me. That's the reason I'm here. That's a, what a great turn of phrase. What a great turn of phrase. That's why I'm here. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> I love it. That's why I called. That's, That's why exactly. I'm here. That's you why know, they sent me. That's why we're always, we show up, you know, Love it. What a great turn. I'm stealing that. If I get a sale, I'll be like, thanks, Omar. <laughs> no problem, man. Maybe one day we'll start a door-to-door company. Bro. No question. I love that. That's why I'm here. All right. That's that's a really good turn of phrase. So you're so finding out the problem. Yeah, then- finding the problem, identifying the solution, and then increasing sales. You know, Love it. You know, Pretty much what we do now through the cleaning industry. You know, I, yeah. I, service, I service major attractions throughout New York City. I service office space. We do quite a wide variety of different industries. Well, you know, hold on a second. Hold. I'm super interested in this, but how did you even get into cleaning? Now, that's a good question. So I was in Chicago and, I, you know, it's bad enough we're getting commissioned for door-to-door, right? So we have all these meetings on product knowledge and try to hype up the sales team. Now, go out there and knock, you know? So it's like, okay. And then one day we had like pizza and all this and donuts and all that stuff right before because, you know, they want to get you pumped up. So my regional was like, could you guys clean this up? And I'm like, oh, I don't get paid for this, man. You know, you guys need to hire a cleaning company, you know? And then I, then the light bulb went off. I was like, wow. So you mean every time there's a mess, someone hires a cleaning company? <laughs> and even better, right? Even better than that. I could take real estate and door to door and X out the commission. And you're telling me you're going to pay me every month? For services? Ladies and gentlemen, what you are hearing right now is an aha moment everybody should be having. Seventh largest industry in the world for a reason. Yes. And it was definitely an aha moment. I immediately, when I got back to New York, I started started following different cleaners. Like, you know, and um, luckily some some of them took, you know, like mentorship, you know, and they would, um, I would sit with a notebook and I would watch all the areas they were doing as far as their checklist. And he was nice enough to explain everything to me. Some people weren't, you know, I, I'm a go-getter. So I randomly traveled into different spaces and said, hey, can I sit down with your boss? I know you're a $10 million company, 
but I just want 30 minutes of his time, you know? So um, some of it didn't work out as well, but it's all part of the story, right? So I was able to, to um, gain some traction in terms of my product knowledge, you know, enough and build enough confidence to where I was like, okay, let me develop the LLC. Let me see if I can get in some of these doors with my sales experience and go forward from there. Love it. Love it. And so, you know, that's so important too. the whole idea of how do you learn about the business? You know, watch what other people are doing. Try to follow what they're doing. Ask questions. And some people are really, you know, they're like, I'm like, why should I show you? Why should I tell you? You know, I remember, I remember I wanted to sell airplanes in a mall, like styrofoam airplanes. And so I'm watching this guy and he's playing with a st- This is what his job is. His job is to play with a styrofoam airplane all day, but play with it and get really good at it. So every kid wants it. Every kid sees it and like, oh my God, it'd be so cool if I had one of those and I could make the airplane do that. And of course, this guy's doing it eight hours a day, you know, seven days a week. You're, there's no chance, kid, you're going to be as good as him. There's no chance you're going to be able to make it flip and all that. But I, you know, I'm a young kid, I'm maybe 13, 14, and I'm just watching him and I see, I'm under, I'm like, that's what you do. You get good at that. And then people will buy it because it looks so fun. And he wouldn't let anybody try it. Like he would, you know, you have to buy one to try one. And I remember begging my mother to let me buy mm. one so that I could learn. Mm. And she was just like, they're $40. There's no chance for buying 40 <laughs> But that guy would not show me. He had no interest in having somebody, you know, I was like, well, where do you that. get them? He's like, you have to buy one. That's where you get them. No, but don't you get them from a manufacturer? He's like, kid, you buy one from me or you keep walking. That's it. Like he was not interested. He's like, you know, or the opposite of what you'd want. You'd want somebody to go, oh my God, a young little entrepreneurial spirit. Come here. Let me show you how to do stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, no way. No way. Why should I? Shows you how much he enjoyed his job. Huh? <laughs> he certainly <laughs> didn't want to share. So yeah, I actually think I know that guy because we, we said <laughs> We service attractions and we do FAO and there's still someone in FAO with Toy Story um, throwing the airplane. There you go. There you go. So, all right. So, so you start it, you start asking around, you get some pretty good advice on how to do it. And so what was your first client? What did, how did you get your first job? I got some pretty decent stories behind this man. So Please. Um, I, was, I started pounding the pavement, right? And I'll start from the beginning because advantage cleaning has only been around for three years but we took whatever knowledge we had and brought it with us, you know, hence the reason why I always tell people 10 years, you know, because mm-hmm. um, the first company, I got to be honest with you, I walked into every single office building in New York City. It's the way to do it. Every single door I brought them, you know, I figured out people knew me on a first name basis at a certain point, right? Nice. Like I, I took my door to door experience, my real estate experience and transferred it. So I was, it's almost like I was in boot camp for sales, you know, and, and bringing this experience to a whole nother market was a seamless process because of what I've gone through already. So we've got some, I ended up with some pretty decent clients in the beginning. Now, here's the funny part. The clients love me almost too much, almost too much. And I was like, wow, man, they can't like me this much. I can you know, do no wrong. Yeah. So I figured out later on and it was, and I failed the first time around, you know, which in terms was a beautiful lesson for me because I didn't know how to price. I didn't know how to price. I didn't know how to put together a system for the cleaners, nothing, no quality control. I was like, we'll do it. 
And we went in there and we just started like winging it, you know? And I found out later on, I was paying the client to clean, you know, which is why they like me so much. You know, my numbers were right along with what they would give me every month. And this is a big client. No one said anything to me, you know? So the lesson learned in that was the company went under. I couldn't afford payroll. I couldn't pay my employees. I lost everything, everything, like everything. And I was like apologizing to everybody. And later on down the line, I was explaining, I ended up paying the employees back who I couldn't afford to pay. But it was a lesson learned. Like it was this tragedy of me going through this experience where I wanted everyone to be happy, but at the same time, I was losing clients and losing employees. And if you ever have gone through that, you understand like the cave that you're going into as it's happening, right? Because the client's mad, the employee's mad, and they're both talking to each other. And they're like, you know, and it's, it, it was just a, a learning curve for me, but they don't want to hear that, you know? Mm -hmm. So after losing everything, I was like, you know, okay, I got three kids, you know, I got to pay my bills. How am I going to do this? You know, real estate license expired. <laughs> so <laughs> at, at that point, I jumped in my car and I said, you know what? I'm going to do Uber, but I'm not, I'm not an Uber driver. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go straight to Greenwich, Connecticut. I'm going to pick up everyone that needs to go to the airport. And one of those people is going to be a facilities operations manager that runs a major company. You know, and I did that for about three months. I went to Greenwich, Connecticut from New York City every single morning at 4.30. And lo and behold, who did I meet? Kristen. She was the VP of Swell, Swell Bottle. You know, we had an awesome conversation on the way to the airport. She really liked me. She said, when I come back, stop by the office. I want to introduce you to our operations manager. You know, that brought me back to life. I ended up getting an account coming back in seven days a week, right? So now I could afford a couple bills as long as I did the cleaning and, and someone else did the cleaning, you know? So that was my intro back in. And one of the things I picked up from that coming back into the industry is that understanding your product knowledge, understanding your numbers, understanding your values is so important. So me failing in that turnaround was it was a beautiful moment for me once I realized it, right? Once the smoke was gone, because the silver lining amongst it was a better, a better team leader for everybody, for my clients, for my technicians, for upper management, you know, someone that's really involved in, in learning and talking shop like we're, we're doing now. I, I'm so not wanting to interrupt you because everything you're saying is so resonating with me. And I, I'm going to listen. I listened back, you know, to the podcast and I'm thinking like, Ralph, stop talking. You're, you're the least important person here, but I just want to talk just to highlight, just to go back, just to bring you back. Cause I'm just super curious about this. First of all, the tenacity it takes to say, you know what? I'm going to drive an Uber. I'm just going to, just going to make a little bit of money, but I'm only doing it to continue with what I want to be doing. Not, I'm not going to, and I know this happens to you because it happens to me. I think it happens to every one of us who have an undeniable entrepreneurial spirit is we are surrounded by people, some of them very close to us, who have the opposite of an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I don't know about you, but there have been people in my life who question my sanity and say, why don't you just get a job? Every day. You know, why don't you just go back to work? Why don't you get some consistency? Why are you stressing me out with your business woes, right? Like. <laughs> well, they tell you who's hiring. You know they're hiring over there. You know they're hiring over there. It's, an, it's a good job at the post office. 
And so, you know, we all have that, right? So we all have that person and they don't mean ill will towards us. You know, they're not, they're not trying to do us a disservice there. I don't know about you, but I share most of my, you know, my down moments with my wife than I do my up moments. <laughs> you know, I have little wins all day. I'm not like, Hey, I had all these wins, but if there's a loss that's significant and I'm like, Oh, I can't believe this happened. You know, mm-hmm. they're hiring at the mall. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> so, I, so I, I love, I love, you know, that you're just like, I'm just going to drive an Uber and I know where I'm going to go. And I'm, but this is what I'm really curious about. How does that conversation happen? This lady gets in the car. Like, what is your rap? What is your, how are you morning? Where are you heading? Why are you going there? Can I have your business? How does that happen? So I looked at, you know, we, we have metrics in our business, right? And I, I looked at the metrics of driving an Uber because I had a purpose, right? I wasn't just trying to pick up anybody. Okay, so where do where does the income come in where and where do these people not everyone's a celebrity, right? So they're obviously CEOs, VPs, and where do they live? What's the combined income? So I looked at that metric and I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to pick people up. Got it. And I'm like, anyone who comes in the car, the setting is going to be very nice, right? We're going to have a neutral radio station, which is 101. Everyone loves 101, right? You're going to find some sort of song that you enjoy. Uh, It turns into a conversation piece, right? So they get in the car, set the mood, whether it's water, whatever the case is. And then automatically I'm able to indulge in some sort of conversation. How's your day going today? Oh, it's good. Where Where are you heading? Oh, you're going to Arizona. What do you do for work? Oh, okay. Oh, you're the, you're, you know, then they give you a title. They give you what's going on. Oh, by the way, I know I'm driving to the airport, but I run a commercial cleaning service. You know, if you guys, you know, and it was the best way. Like you talk about getting to the quarterback, right? Because we all know how hard it can be sometimes to reach the operations manager. And this was like a one-way ticket because <laughs> they couldn't get out the car. What are they going to do? Jump out? You know, you got 45 minutes to listen to me. You know, and that's all you're going to do. You're going to hear this pitch. If you don't take it, it's fine, but you have to listen because you're getting driven. Yeah, not, not, and I can just imagine, I mean, you're not talking about, you're going to listen to every damn word I have to say, but very conversational. You're not intentionally overstepping. You're, you know, just say, so you know, this is what I do, you know. Casual conversation. And and we both, it always ended with the enjoyment of communicating with one another. Because it wasn't like, oh, this is what I, it was. It was kids. It was family. I actually got to know these people on a personal level within 40 minutes, which some people don't do within a span of five years cleaning a facility. Right. Mm-hmm. So getting to know someone and, and engaging on a more personal level, allow them to have a more invested interest in myself. Cleaning is clean. cleaning, is cleaning yeah. right? It's a consistent manner. Systems are great, but you have to be invested in the person as well. Million percent. You know what's funny is I, I work. I, I do a lot of business strategy, and I one of my main focuses is helping cleaning companies, commercial cleaning companies, move into the healthcare space. And one of the things that I'm always talking about when it comes to healthcare is how sticky it is. And it's sticky in the way that once you get a contract, once somebody decides, because healthcare, most healthcare facilities do it themselves. They don't hire a contract service to clean. They actually hire housekeepers, and it's just their staff. But once they turn the corner, once they decide to hire a contract service, it is rare that they ever go back to doing it themselves, meaning they always use a contract service. So now it's your job. They're going to be sticky. It's your job to be stuck. And that's the relationship piece. That's where you got to be developing because they're not looking at like, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and take this all back. No, 
They're like, you're not doing a good job. I don't trust you. You know, staff don't like you. We're going to get somebody else. You know what I mean? Like peace and love. Ralph, we asked for a full plate, right? And when someone gives you the full plate, now what are you going to do with it? You know? So like you said, remain sticky. You know, how can I, how can I come in this facility and, and increase productivity, mitigate operational concerns and make it so that we are now like partners, you know, so you're bouncing off me, man. How can I give you an hour, an hour back? You know, that's always my question. How can I give you an hour back? And at first I thought it was a silly question, but then I heard people say, you know what? That's a good question. Cause I spend an hour a day putting these chairs back where I want them, you know? Wouldn't it be nice if I can just come in and do what makes me successful? But you're supposed Straightening to Straightening up doesn't make me successful. Not only does it not make me successful, but it stresses me out. If I walk into yeah. the, in the environment, it's nice and clean and exactly the way I want it. I'm productive, Sally. There's no stopping me. You know, I got to go in and there's stuff on the floor and the windows have fingerprints on it and the chairs always moved. I'm like, good, good Lord. I, how can I, what's going on? Why do I, why am I always having to straighten up? Why am I the only one cleaning? You know, exactly. Get exactly. that hour back. And that, and that's what we identify as, as cleaning owners, right? A million percent. So what did you, so how did you get into, all right, so you just start, that's how you start. Beautiful. Get back into it anyway. Got back in. So what is so your we, main focus now? What do you, what is your main service so offering? So that's a good question. And now it's like niching, right? So now it's like, okay, I did this in the beginning. And now I'm taking on everything again, but I was like, this is not where I want to be, you know? So I had to target my ideal client, right? Down to the budgeting. What can this client, I don't want to walk in and this client's like, oh, this is what we can do. I need the client who could say, look, regardless if you leave or stay, this is our budget on what they give us. And this is what we're going to spend with anybody. And that's my target client, right? And I'll tell you another funny story. After we got, I got back on my feet and um, because I got, I say we, because I have an excellent team. man. I got Anna Rivera, my operations manager. She's amazing. She was actually a GM for a lot of retail stores. So I'm a sales guy. She's management. We, we mesh very good. Very um, good. Just want to throw her a shout out real quick. Anyhow, so I was the, I was the guy. Like if you were, if you were gonna say no to me, you had to say it to my face, and you had to be tired of me. Like to the point where you know don't do this. But I snuck in the back of Gucci, you know, the office building, and I went to the freight elevator, and everyone thought I guess they thought I worked there. So when I got to the office, I, I told the I told the operation, I said, yeah, you had a meeting with me today. And he said, I did. And I said, yeah, you don't remember. And um, he actually, you know, we ended up hitting it off, man, because he kind of, he looked at me, and said, you know, I, but I respect what you just did, you know. So we ended up, <laughs> we ended up getting some work done, you know. Um, but that's the lengths I'm, I was willing to go in order to succeed. And I'm still willing to go, you know, in order to provide opportunity within my community. And also give clients what they need, you know, because nothing makes someone happier than running a business, number one, and running a successful business where your client is happy, you know? Million percent. So what so what are the different service offerings that you that you currently we, provide? We, I was listening to um I listened to your show, Ralph, and, and we offer pretty much, you know, the building service contracting, you know, the janitorial manufacturing, class A yeah. office, MOBs, retail yeah. stores. Yes, we do a wide array. Of, and I heard we do the restaurants too, man. We don't. Oh, nice. Them. Yeah, we do restaurants. We have a couple. Restaurants of, are um, tough, right? I mean, all of it's they, tough, but. They are tough, but the challenge is great. And it helps you identify your, your rock stars, right? Because if you know your technician go in there and, and clean that 
restaurant and they're satisfied, I'm talking about Michelin star restaurants, then you're going you're gonna to say, oh, she can do anything. Just like medical. If you go in there and you understand how to do medical and how to operate with, with dwell times and emerging pathogens and, and not cross-contaminating and your system is functioning properly, you could take that person and put them anywhere. Million percent. You know? So that's what I like to identify. You know, I was thinking, because we're always, as thank you for saying that you listen to the show. I appreciate having you as a listener and as a guest, especially as I'm, you know, as I'm listening back to the show and, I, and I'm trying to figure out like all my little learning nuggets, because there's so everybody I talk to is just really hardworking. And, they, you know, none of us are the most brilliant. What it is, we've done so many things, so many times, so many different ways. We stumble upon correct answers, right? So <laughs> like, oh, there it is. And I had a guy on named Carlos from Florida and he does a lot of floor care. So he like a big part of his business is going in and doing floor care for schools and whatever. And one thing that I was just thinking about him, because I was thinking about how can you, how do you ensure that your staff are doing a good job and he utilizes pictures. So when his team is doing a floor at the, when they're done doing the floor, they send him pictures of the floor, which he then sends to the client. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and it took me a while, you know, I mean, he was on months ago. It's taken me a while to just re-listen to that, like the brilliance of that, the brilliance yeah. of being able to monitor without being there. And, and not only that, but then you couple that with an active social media page, a LinkedIn, a Facebook, an Instagram, and you post those pictures. I mean, forget it. Like, you're, who doesn't love seeing shiny floors, you know, good work being done. There's a, there's a lady that I'm connected with on LinkedIn and she's a operations manager for housekeeping company. Her name's Polly and she sends pictures. She's posting pictures of janitor's closets. Now you wouldn't think that posting pictures of janitor's closets would do all that much for you. I'm telling you what it makes my day because they're perfect. They're neat. They're clean. Things are hung in order. I'm like, this lady is impressive. You know, well, I can take you upstairs right now because I'm sitting in one of my facilities and you will go in that Janet's closet and feel very comfortable. You green, red, red, yellow, or yellow, red or red. All the solutions are labeled just in case we get a visit. SDS sheets are in order. Buckets are cleaned out. But it all starts with the janitor cart, right? And I learned that from a mentor of mine. You know, it all starts with that. Because number one, you want to be prepared for the next day. Number two, you want to make sure that you have your supplies in order and you know what you're doing. And with, I love that you have that. And so, you know, the other thing that I would say is simply I'm recognizing the value of it makes me feel good when people post pictures of their janitor's closets, the floors they're doing, the carpet care. You know, I love seeing it. How good would it make your customer feel if at the end of the day you send them a picture? Oh, by the way, this is our closet. You know, like, holy heck, the closet looks that great. You know what I mean? Like if the closet looks that great or the floor machine looks that great. I mean, how clean is the building? And the opposite is going to be uh, terrible. If the if you're sending them pictures of how great the closet is and then they walk in the building and there's smudges on the windows. <laughs> and I go like, we have to redirect your focus here, Omar. <laughs> Absolutely. And we do that. We have a same, we have a very, one thing I've identified, right, is it, cleaning. There's a lot of great cleaners out there. And I consider a lot of people to be a mentor to me. I would never like think that I'm, I got this, you know, because it's it's I'm a student of the game, man. and I, I look yeah, at this team like you know, defense wins championships, man. You no know, I could take some I could take some analogies from uh, from you know I can't play sports anymore. I might, you know, my back might go out as soon as I shoot, but 
Um, <laughs> but it does, you know, and I, and I learned to manage quality control quite well. And that being said, like you said, the pictures, one of the things I've identified, which we both know, is that effective communication goes a long way. You know, so why not have everyone involved in this circle of communication, whereas though they don't have to take time out their day to call you, to email you. We see the picture. We'll get it done. That's it. You know, and we have that system, which I brought on from from a mentor of mine, and it's working very well. It's working very well in terms of, okay, everything's real time. We had an incident the other day where some of the staff at one of our facilities, I guess, opened up a little late. We were able to identify in real time that the floor had been dried at a certain point and that we weren't responsible for the facility opening late. You know, so just having those things handy allows, you know, managers and and operations to see, oh, you know, they're on point. I don't know if you want to, you know, if you want to say something, say something, but make sure you come correct because we do our own checklist. We do our own inspections. We do our own KPIs. So yes. I apologize. I'm just saying that just to recognize what you're saying, this is even the idea of imagine, you know, you have a big project, you're doing floor care or something overnight, you have to shut stuff down. Imagine when you're all cleaned up and ready to go, you're taking that picture and it's got a timestamp on it and you're sending a picture at 6 a.m. to the, you know, the whoever's in charge. And like, hey, this is which one to show you what it looks like. And then the staff is late. And so they don't get the doors open till 830. It's supposed to be open at eight. And they want to come at you and go like, oh, well, you know, they, they, they were still here doing the floor care. Like, no, I got a picture at 6 a.m. It was all cleaned up. You know what I mean? Like that's world of difference, world of difference. And I work in a space. Again, I work in healthcare. I work in a space where they're not operators are not shy to take pictures of dirt messes and send them to you. Like, uh, what are you doing about this? Did you see this? Did you see this stairwell? Do you see this, you know, this cobweb or, you know, this dust bunny now is a lion. Can we do something about, you know what I mean? Like they, yeah, they're sending yeah, me yeah. the opposite pictures. I have a whole L, a whole hard drive full of uh, dirty pictures. They're not, not those kind of, I mean, dirty buildings. That's what I mean. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Medical, medical is, you know, I commend you, man, because if you could succeed in the, in the medical area, then you, you got, I know your systems are pretty tight already, you know? Yeah, we're pretty highly regulated, right? So we're dealing with state surveys, you know, a few times a year. We're dealing with mock surveys, which is a state survey, except we're doing it on ourselves. You know, I just try to make sure <laughs> infection control is is a real big challenge. You know, we're working around people who live there constantly. We're working around nurses who are, you know, stressed out. And you know, it's a it's a fantastic industry to work in you know, for a few reasons, you know, there's a you know, tremendous amount of opportunity is a tremendous amount of value. It's very sticky. You know, like I was saying, I mean, you know, for a cleaning company to look at long-term care or hospitals or senior care facilities, there could be real opportunity, but to your point, it is not for everybody. It's not, it's not. And like you said, like you're bred into an entrepreneurship role. Cause I'm pretty sure like the same way I, I explained my history to you, we all have a similar base of history and wanting to be something more than what's going on. You know? that, that's exactly what happened. So now that, you know, I'm back in, in, you know, with advantage cleaning, we now have a wide array of different services from floors, right? VCT stripping and waxing. We do marble, right? We understand how to do that, which, nice. is, a, which is a fun experience to learn. And mm-hmm. um, now we're off, we're off and rocking with it. And it's, it's beautiful when it comes out the way the, the client wants it to come out. Carpet extraction, upholstery, disinfecting. Like we've all been, you know, we all we all been through the Hazwopper courses. 
We understand mm-hmm. emerging pathogens. You know, we were able to identify different products, chemicals, and dwell times and cut production rates by getting the one one minute instead of five minutes because nobody wants to sit there. Also doing things properly, right? Because the learning curve, which is going and doing things is, you know, sometimes that client is, doesn't know, but you can be putting them at risk. So you want to make sure you're doing things the right way. You know, we, when we were going in there during the unfortunate circumstances of the pandemic, we weren't just spraying stuff on and leaving it there. You know, we had a whole system with sanitizing and, and then wiping and then rinse water, you know, because some of these daycares and things, you, if you put yourself in their shoes, you wouldn't want your kid picking up a block with some sort of solution on it, you know? Sure. Yeah. I love, there's a carpet cleaning company that I work with and they have this wonderful tagline and I'm not going to get it right, but the basic tagline is you get your, you see your carpets clean, but what you don't see is it's now safer for your family to, and kids to step on. Do you know what I mean? Like on the surface, you, you know, you hire a carpet cleaner that goes in and extracts your carpets. I mean, the water's 120 degrees. You know what I mean? Like it, you're really not just cleaning, you're disinfecting, you're making it safer. And so, you know, you see a clean carpet, what you don't see is it's now a safe carpet. I just love that, you know. The analogy is, is amazing. It's yeah. a wonderful analogy. It's a full understanding of what we do. So, And I, sh- I show some people sometimes because, you know, some of the facilities are large. And, and I uh, one of the things that, that sets us apart, so to say, is right. I always circle back week after week to see how we can cut production, right? How, how we can increase our production rates. And that's kind of what's what separates us because if I could identify by leaving something in that area that can save you 10 to 15 minutes, guess what? For every floor, we now cut an hour. We now cut an hour. We, we might've cut two hours by adding some equipment, you know? So, and the clients like that. Cause now look, you know, we, when we go over negotiations or price points, we could either go in an area where they need to save some money, right? Or we could do add-on services because we have this extra time, you know? So we've been able to identify those as well. And they, I think that like everyone else, they just love someone who's proactive about these things. Yeah, you know? no, a million percent. I wonder, I always have to make sure I'm not turning this into a strategy session. <laughs> so let me apologize. But I wonder, I wonder if it would be, I don't, let me say this. I love the idea of getting better. I love the idea of reducing time. I love the idea of doing a better job with less time, less effort. But I also like the idea of taking that, turning that ability to reformulate a project, reformulate a job routine, reformulate a workloading, reformulate a system or bring in a new process and then calling the residual leftover money from that and calling it profit. Like I, I like the idea of not sharing the reduction of cost with the client. I'm increasing value. And so the profit, I just may, I'm more interested in making more. I'm interested in getting a job for 1500 a month. And at first I'm making 35%. And at the end of the year, figuring out how to make 50%. Absolutely. Right. I'm not going to charge you more, but I'm going to try to make more of that money. I want to try to keep more of it. Yeah. And like you said, like you said, prior to this remaining sticky, right? Yeah. So we can we can even increase margins just by add-on services. Because once you're in, who are they going to trust more than you if you're doing a good a job? A million percent. A million you know? percent. I like I this whole discussion of how many hours does it take? I gotta tell you, that is in my experience anyway, and I, I've only been doing the cleaning for about 20 years, 21 years at this point. So who knows what it 
you know, and all of us are in a different industry and looking at it different. But the idea, the discussion of hours, how long it's going to take, how many man hours we're going to use, that's always been behind the scenes. That's always been a discussion for those of us who are putting the proposal together. It's mm-hmm. never been for the client. I've, it happened maybe, gosh, maybe eight, 10 years ago where the client actually started to say, well, how many hours? And I remember <laughs> when I first heard it, I was like, how many, what the hell does that matter? You know, because an hours discussion is about a cost discussion and the cost should not dictate the street value of the service. So there is, there. it's not, hey, it's going to cost you uh, 10 hours at $10 an hour. No, 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 no. There's a market value. There's more value to having somebody come in and provide this service for you. And that value is based on market. If it costs me $10 to do the job, but the market value is $20, I'm going to charge $20. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to charge 18 because I can do it for 10. I'm going to meet the market. That's good for me. It's good for the market. It's good for the industry. The, the number one thing I always want to say to everybody, whether I'm having a strategy session or not, is, you know, raise your rates. That's <laughs> like, it. Right? Yeah. I, I agree with you. I agree. And not just because we're doing it, right? Because we're professionals and we're going to give you our all. You know, that's the reason. It's, you know... The, the reason we're standing in this space right now is because someone didn't give you their all. You know, 100%. so for, you, for me to give you my all, my time, my energy, you know, it's worth this price, you know, 100%. because you're, you're going to get, you're going to get, we're not going to uh, jump in here every day, but we're going to evaluate our process and we're going to be very honest with you on improve on, on points we can improve in. Right. 100%. So you will have to go through that. Mm-hmm. All right. So 10 years in cleaning business, you've been through so much. What's the big takeaway? What's the big learning lesson? If you were, you know, talking to somebody who's struggling right now or maybe thinking about getting into the cleaning business and you could just go, you know, like, just don't forget this or make sure you're paying attention to that. Do you have like, is there something, I mean, I've written down so many things, you know, the whole idea of saying, hey, that's why I'm here, identifying their problem. And then you're like, hey, that's why I'm here, you know, or now go out there and knock. What a fantastic statement. I think that might be the title of the show. Now go out there and knock. I mean, <laughs> That was good. I heard that. That's, you know, that's, that's, you definitely have a lot to offer. Could you, could you give us a word or two or a statement? Absolutely. Um, So I talk to, you know, I'm in a position now where I give back to certain people when they call and ask on me, you know, and I feel very comfortable doing that because I was one of those people who information wasn't given freely to me. And I always would wonder why is this guy holding on to this information? And, you know, you, you got, you got a fleet of trucks you got a huge staff, you know, just share the wealth. So I would say my my biggest is product knowledge. That's one of my core values, right? You got to know what you're doing before you do it. You know, that's why I fell short the first time around. Product knowledge, creating systems, the proper systems, right? So you want to go in there and make sure that you have checklists, that you have inspections. Uh, what type of checklists? What type of inspections are you doing? Are you providing them with KPI, you know? And then your sales aspect. You know, nothing's going to fall in your lap. You got to pound the pavement. You know, even if even when you get to a certain point, you're still going to have to cold call or or have a a standard operations procedure for somebody to cold call. So you always look, there's no I could say this. There's a breakthrough for all of us. So don't give up. You know, there's going to be a breakthrough. It's just a matter of pushing and pushing the envelope. Keep learning every day. Keep marketing every day. Do whatever it takes you know, to, to get your brand out there. And to and the number one thing is providing a good service. Because if you could provide a good service, 
you could then turn around and provide an opportunity for somebody who doesn't have it by creating a job, right? And creating that job can go into upper management position where now you're creating a life and an opportunity for somebody. So, you know, we are the cleaning industry, but we're changing lives internally and externally. Million percent. That's so great. And you know, what's fun is the idea of not giving up. There's this guy named Jocko Willink. He does a podcast called the Jocko podcast is a retired Navy SEAL, real badass. I like him a lot. And he says the best advice he was ever given. This is a Navy SEAL. The best advice he has ever given. And I love it. I just love it. He said, the best advice he's ever received was you're going to want to give up and it's okay. You can give up, but wait till tomorrow. And that, right. So think about the psychology, mm-hmm. psychology behind that. It, it, then tomorrow comes and it, it's the same rule. You're going to want to give up. It's going to be tough and it's okay to give up. Just don't give up today. Wait till tomorrow. Then the next day comes and it's okay to get right. But don't do it today. Mm-hmm. Wait till tomorrow. And before That's you know great. it, you're there. And one thing, I, one thing, one thing I want to add on, Appreciate the no's, right? Appreciate all the no's, the no, 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 because hate them at first because you're going to. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna hate them, but, but understand this: for every no, you're just that much closer to yes. So take all the no's in, you know, take them in because because you're you're moving closer to your yes. A million percent. How? Thank you so much. First of all. I mean, you've been the highlight. It's really, really great talking to you. Really, really fun and so knowledgeable and so willing to share, which again, you and I both just talking about meeting people and them being super close, you know, knit with their knowledge and they don't want to share and they don't want to help. And that's certainly not you. And that's really, really great. Really rare. Really great. How can people find you? What are you looking for? Are you hiring right now? Is there? We're always hiring. Um, How do we get a hold of you? What, what yeah, do we absolutely. do? I mean, you can go to um, www.advantagecleaningllc.net. You know, I'll you can put go the there. link. I'll put the link in the show notes and on the social. So where this video yeah. is, just look in the comments. You'll see the video. The, you can find me on Instagram at advantage underscore cleaning underscore serve. You can find me on Facebook at Advantage Cleaning. I'm all over social media. Excellent. Find me, find me here on LinkedIn. You can find Omar Miller or you can go to Advantage Cleaning. If you don't feel like talking directly to me, but we are on all social media platforms, feel free to reach out to me. I always, uh, you know, as you know, Ralph, I love talking shop. I love know. it. AdvantageCleaningLLC.com? Dot net. Dot net. Okay. AdvantageCleaningLLC.net is where you go to find everything about Advantage Cleaning. You are right in New York City. In the and heart. It sounds like you're cleaning operations 24-7. If you're doing restaurants and class A office buildings and MOBs, and, you know, it, you're around the clock cleaning. Is that accurate? If you go to our Google page, you know how everyone has a Google My Business. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people have closing hours. We're, we're, we're uh, <laughs> nine to nine. <laughs> we're 24-7, man. We're, I like we're it. emergency services as well. So, uh, Oh, you even do emergency cleanup? and Yes, yes. Perfect. Which, We'll talk about stories after the show about those emergency services. Perfect. Love that. (laughs) Love that. I had a guy on who was with 360 Hazard is another cleaning company. I can't remember where they're out of, but they they do all um, like biohazard people died kind of thing. They go in and clean up after that. That's what I'm talking about. He has a real tight niche on that market, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's – 
That's not a, nah, I don't want to do that for, uh, you know, <laughs> well, not the easiest job. You, have to, you no. have to have a strong stomach for some of these things, man. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, that's true. It's the same thing. You know, I, it, my friend Casey cleans garbage cans for a living. It's yeah, we, we do porter service. So we do recycling. A, trash. You'll, you'll be surprised, man. It's, you'll it's, be in there. You're like, what, what is the people eating? Like, what are you, <laughs> 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 you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> But I love every moment of it, man. Oh, Omar Miller's with us. <laughs> what are people eating? <laughs> <laughs> when you work in housekeeping, you kind of see it all, right? What are you gonna do? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this has been this has really been fun. I really appreciate you, Housekeepers Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Friday, it's a beautiful day. And if you want to be on the show, please make sure you send me a message. You can send me an email at info at ralphpeterson.com. If you are in the cleaning industry and uh, you think you have uh, some good tips to talk about and you want to talk shop a little bit, I love talking shop. So I'm always interested to find new people to come in and talk some shop. And if you like the show, if you love the show, dare I say you want to help the show, please do so by subscribing to the podcast and writing a review, writing a review, writing a review. I didn't realize writing a review was all that big of a deal, but apparently that's how you get more notification or that's where your listing goes higher. So more people are able to find you. And it's funny. I have a lot of people reach out to me. And they're like, Oh my God, I just found you. Where have you been? I've been here, but I'm not doing a good job getting out there. So I apologize. That's my, that's on me. Obscurity, right? Omar. I mean, that's, that's our challenge, getting people to know that we exist and what we do. That's why cold calling is so important. Why driving an Uber it's so important. It's so important, man. I'm gonna go start driving an Uber. <laughs> you know, that, that was a brilliant form of marketing. I it's think a I might brilliant have. idea. It's, <laughs> you know, I gotta say, I know I was wrapping up the show. I gotta say that every time I'm in an Uber, I'm always interested in the side job. Like I'm always like, is this, so? Yeah. This is your side job? They're like, yeah, you know, I'm just doing this part time. What do you do for a real? You know, like what's your day job? I'm, I love, I love side hustles. I just. I love that mentality, that entrepreneurial, you know, like I'm just going to keep going after it until I find something that works. Absolutely. And, and who do we share the most stories with, right? Like the, the random person, you know, like sometimes it's the random person, you know, we're, we're sitting here together. We're going to just share some stories, you know, a million percent. And I'm a storyteller. So I've been telling stories by storyteller. I mean, I, I, <laughs> fabric, I sometimes, I sometimes, and by sometimes, I mean, most times, make myself out to be a lot funnier, smarter, you know, wittier no, than I no, actually you're good, am. Man. You're good, man. Listen to somebody, <laughs> you know, you're a great job. You got, you got a great uh, platform here. Thank you so much for saying that. I was just saying that sometimes you get into an Uber, you get talking to a stranger, and you know what you can be? Any damn thing you want. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That little bit of time, right? You can just a little bit of time. Stories. It's so, so fantastic. All right, that's it. House Here's podcast, cleanest hour in podcasting. Oh my God, Omar Miller, Ralph Peterson. We'll see you guys later. 
that's it. The Housekeepers Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. Keep in mind, the best way to ensure that you never miss an episode of the Housekeepers Podcast is by subscribing to the show and following us on social media. For those of you who are more visually stimulated, you can always watch us record the show live each week on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. In fact, we post all of our videos on YouTube, so make sure you are subscribing to our YouTube channel. If you love the show and you want to help us out, please consider writing a review and sharing the show with all your friends and families and colleagues. And if you are looking for more information about today's guest, all of their contact information and the links to their websites are in the show's notes. That's it. Until next time, this has been the cleanest hour in podcasting. I am Ralph Peterson, and I'll see you later.